Hello and welcome back to episode 10 of the Super Junior Podcast. I'm your host, Wade Green. Thank you for checking back in. First off, I want to thank my brother for joining me last week as my first guest on the Super Junior Podcast. I know I enjoyed having him on the show, and I know a lot of you guys did as well. So we'll be doing that a lot more often in the future, having guests, especially my brother on to talk sports. Love talking sports with him, having a great conversation. But without further ado, let's get to it. It has been an eventful week, you guys. I hope you guys enjoyed it and had a great weekend. I was surprised that so much happened this week. I was expecting it to be slow after All-Star Weekend since there is a break in between All-Star Weekend and the start of the second half of the season. And, you know, there's no football going on right now. And baseball is baseball. I know spring training is about to come around the corner, so we're looking forward to that. I was wrong, though. I was wrong. I didn't think there was going to be a lot of stories. There was going to be a slow week. But I was wrong. There was a lot of stories in and outside of the sports world. Obviously, the biggest story taking the country by storm is Jesse Smollett. Lord have mercy. His dumb plot to get more money out of the people behind Empire. Just shameful, man. Shameful. But his lie got me thinking, though. Could all the just stories that's going on in the sports world and outside the sports world, could they all be a conspiracy or a hoax? I just got to question everything now thanks to Jesse. Like the KD and Kyrie scandal. The Rockets drama with referee Scott Foster. Or Zion busting out of his Nikes. Robert Kraft allegedly soliciting a prostitute. Lord have mercy. I do not want to hear about Robert Kraft soliciting a prostitute ever again. And then we also can't forget about Antonio Brown and his escape from Pittsburgh. That scandal. We're going to get into all those topics and more in this scandal-filled episode. We're going to start with NBA All-Star Weekend 2019 in Charlotte, North Carolina. I enjoyed the festivities. I know a lot of people were complaining, but I thought it was pretty good overall. I thought Friday had one of the best celebrity All-Star games I've seen in a long time. Ray Allen and Jay Williams, they were the, the professional ballers that showed up for the game. I thought they did a great job. Jay Williams, good to see him on the court. Haven't seen him play since he got injured when he was with the Chicago Bulls. In the motorcycle accident, so it was good to see him play. He still has it. Quavo, as usual, he was a ball hog, but he can play, and he did a good job. Hassan Minaj, he had some clutch plays down the stretch. He had a clutch steal, almost brought his team back. They couldn't get it done, but he still played a great game, Hassan Minaj. I don't know if you guys know him. He has a Netflix show talking about politics. He's a Muslim guy, and I'm not trying to be racist. Like I just don't. No, any other way to describe him besides the Muslim guy that has a show on Netflix, a political show. Really good show, though. I like the show. Also, my other takeaways from Friday night, Bad Bunny and Amanda Seals. Those are the two worst picks to have on the Celebrity All-Star game. Amanda Seals did one backflip in the beginning of the game during introductions and did absolutely nothing else. I think she was on her phone for most of the time during the game. She was in there for like two minutes. Rest of the time, she's sitting on the bench next to the coach on her phone. It's talking. Bad Bunny, he did absolutely nothing. He went in the game for like one minute, came out, sat back on the bench with that stupid bunny on his head. He wore it the whole game, damn near. And then he saw him again a little bit at the end throughout the game, but he really didn't do much. I just thought they were a waste to have that. They could have brought someone else in to take their spot. 
But that's the main reason why the away team and the Celebrity All-Star Game didn't win, despite the efforts of young Quavius, Ray Allen, and Hassan Minaj on the away team. They were no match for Jason Williams and the MVP, Famous Los. He did a good job. I thought he was a ringer. I didn't know he could play that good, but he did a good job, Famous Los. The rookie game later that night was okay. I didn't even watch it. It was just kind of on in the background. I saw that Kuzma did get the MVP. I wish that Kevin Knotts would have went for the MVP in that game because I hope he would have showed that he was deserved to be on that stage alongside the rest of the guys that were competing in that game. But of course he did it. I wanted to show that my Knicks are on their way and don't be sleeping on us for too long. And then Saturday night, I didn't think it was as bad as everyone made it out to be. I know people were mad about the dunk contest. We're going to get into that. Jason Tatum, he won the skills challenge. That competition was exciting and compelling, even though they were cheating, in my opinion. When did it become okay for you to just throw the ball from half court just because you were losing? I thought you had to wait to get to the shoot spot. You can't just be throwing the ball up from half court just because you're losing. That's not fair. And it's, I'm not complaining because... I picked Nikolai Vucevic to win, and he lost in the first round to Jokic. I'm not complaining because of that. Negro, please. I'm just complaining because I swear I'm not. I'm not lying. I'm not complaining because of that. The three-point contest was obviously the best part of the whole night. I'm happy that my sleeper pick, Joe Harris, won. He's from the Brooklyn Nets. He wore the spread your love. It's the Brooklyn Way jerseys. I love that. It was a dope thing to see him win. I also thought Buddy Hill would be looking to put Sacramento on the map, so it was great to see him make the finals along with Steph and Joe Harris. I agree the three-point contest is way more compelling than the dunk contest, but that's mainly because we got people you can recognize in the three-point competition. There were years in the past where there were a lot more Joe Harris's, Jason Capono's, and Kyle Corver's in the, in the three-point contest. It wasn't until recently that they started adding more superstars into the field like this year it was mainly superstars you had dame you had steph you had dirk buddy hill kemba walker there's a bunch of different star players people with names that you know in the three-point contest i know a lot of people feel like the dunk contest needs to be done away with and that every dunk has been done already but this year's competition wasn't that bad as people was making it out to be Hamadou Diallo made all his dunks on the first attempt, which is the main reason why he beat Dennis Smith Jr. Because, in my opinion, Dennis Smith Jr. had better dunks than Hamadou Diallo. It's just that Dennis wasn't making his dunks on the first try. I don't get it. This is his second time in a competition, but he just couldn't execute his dunks on the first try. If he had done that, he would have probably won the dunk contest this year. And he would have also pushed Hamadou Diallo to do better dunks in the championship round of the competition. Because his last two dunks he did, Hamadou Diallo, during the dunk contest, they were not championship round worthy dunks. They were first round dunks. The second dunk he did, and I'm not revising history. I tweeted this as soon as he did it. Good dunk. Great dunk. The dunk over Shaq where he put his arm in the rim. It was a great dunk. Impressive. But to me, I thought he should have did that dunk last, especially if that's the best dunk he had. And he's going to be in trouble because he did his best dunk too early. But he got lucky because Dennis Smith Jr. kept missing his dunk, so he didn't really have to go all out on his final two dunks to show us what the dunks would have been. But that's the reason why I think the dunk contest wasn't as good as it could have been because I would blame on Dennis Smith Jr. for not making his dunks on the first try and making it be a more of a competition. And everyone's mad and they want to be done with the dunk contest and get rid of it. I've been hearing that people want to see Zach Levine, Aaron Gordon, Hamadou Diallo, and Donovan Mitchell go at it. I wouldn't mind seeing that. That would bring the dunk contest back. They just need more stars. That's all they need. Blame it on freaking LeBron James, man. This is all LeBron James' fault because 
he was one of the first big stars to deny doing the dunk contest. And now everyone feels like, oh, we don't have to do it. LeBron never did it, so we don't have to do it either. See, this is the type of crap LeBron starts. If we get more people that want to do the dunk contest, star power that wants to do the contest, like Giannis, go ahead and go and do the dunk contest. Paul George, he already did it, so you don't have to do it again. Zion Williamson, when he comes in, if he wants to bring in that new swag, he can be a person that can bring back the dunk contest. There's people out there. LeBron, he should have kept it going, but he didn't because he didn't want to embarrass himself. That's why I don't like LeBron, man. I don't want to get too deep into it. But like I said, Dennis Smith Jr., you should have brought your A game because if you would have brought your A game, it would have made Hamadeh Diallo bring his A game in the championship round. We would have had a better dunk contest and people would have been looking at this a little bit differently because I thought it wasn't as bad as everyone made it out to be. Now, the other dunkers, Lord have mercy. <sighs> I don't know where to start with these other dunkers. Miles Bridges, he had some good ideas. He just couldn't execute them on the first try. Like I said, I know his first dunk, he messed up on all his tries, so he got like a low score, so he was basically done. But his second dunk, when he put out the Larry Johnson jersey and did the windmill off the side of the backboard, that was dope. John Collins. What in the world were you thinking when you did that dunk? First off, John Collins needs to be awarded the most disappointing dunk ever in dunk contest history. I thought Blake Griffin's dunk over the hood of the Kia was bad. John Collins bringing out the Tuskegee Airmen, which was dope, by the way. I thought that was dope, bringing out the Tuskegee Airmen, paying homage to them. But then the airplane, I was confused. I'm like, why the hell was this paper airplane on I thought it was going to be for show to stand in the middle, and he's going to dunk over these Tuskegee Airmen. I was like, oh, snap. He's bringing that showmanship into the thing. Good work, good work. But then he takes the paper airplane. This is a paper airplane model, mind you. It's not too high off the ground. He takes the paper airplane. He jumps over it. But he couldn't clear the jump. He jumps into the airplane, breaks it, and does the wackest dunk, a two-handed dunk over the plane. What was that, John? What was it? And I know K.E. the Jet Smith made the joke, if John Collins is about to jump over the Tuskegee Airmen and the plane, the Hawks should be ashamed that they're not better. But to be honest, the failure and embarrassment of that dunk is the reason why the Atlanta Hawks suck. That is the epitome of the Hawks season. That whole dunk sequence was the epitome of the Hawks season. It was terrible. 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 But John, I'm not going to get too hard on him. He is a good player, and Atlanta is playing a lot better. They played a good game against the Detroit Pistons on Friday night, so their future looks bright. Trey Young's looking like he's growing into his own, so I'm not going to get on him too much. But John, you're going to have to hold this L and wear it proudly like a scarlet letter because that was embarrassing. Just embarrassing. <laughs> Finally, let's get into the game Sunday night. As usual, no defense for the first three quarters. These dudes were at 100 by halftime. It was ridiculous. A lot of people showed out. Giannis, Paul George, Damian Lillard, Chris Middleton, just to name a few. I thought Kemba and Steph would try harder to take MVP, but they didn't. Unfortunately, especially Kemba, this was his breakout year, being selected an all-star starter. I thought he should have went for that MVP, but KD got it, and this is where our first scandal begins. KD wins all-star game MVP, and after he is presented with the trophy and everyone is clapping, congratulating him, saying how great he is, one person stays behind after everyone walks away after all the clapping and continues just to clap away, giving his own little personal round of applause. Yeah, like that. You're just clapping for him like that by himself. And that one person, you guessed it, is Mr. Kyrie Irving. 
that sparked some rumors and then later on this week it was revealed a secret conversation between KD and Kyrie outside the locker room during All-Star weekend. <gasps> The headlines were speculating what they could be talking about. Kyrie held up two fingers. Could he be referring to the two mat slots New York opened up? And so it began. The KD and Kyrie plotting to go to New York conspiracy started. Kyrie was highly offended and upset with the media for taking such an innocent conversation between friends and blowing it way out of proportion. Kyrie had... An interview with Rachel Nichols this week explaining how the media causes these problems and rifts in locker room with these crazy notions. And now because of Jussie, I got to question whether or not Kyrie is being genuine or he's just playing the victim. Thanks, Jussie. But seriously, who cares if they had a convo in the hallway? We don't know what was said. And until proven otherwise, even if I have doubts, I got to take him at his word until proven otherwise. And plus, I'm a Knicks fan. If KD and Kyrie are discussing coming to New York City, who cares? They have every right to do so. They're going to be free agents anyway. Leave them be and let them plot their escape to the orange and blue skies of New York City. Stop hating. All you haters, stop hating. That story dominated headlines until Wednesday, and I was excited for Wednesday myself. It was supposed to be the big game of the year, Duke versus Carolina, Zion on a big stage, no other sport, NBA still on all-star break, all lies on the number one pick, even Obama showed up in his fly-ass flight jacket. Not gonna lie, that jacket was nice as hell. I wish I could buy one of those. That jacket was dope. Anyways, 36 seconds later, the net scandal. Zion busts through the shoe gate. Now, I didn't think anything of it at first. I thought it was just a freak accident and hoped he recovered soon so my Knicks could draft him with no concern of a serious injury. But then, like I said before, thanks to Jesse, I gotta question everything now. On Thursday on TNT's Inside the NBA, Charles and Shaq mentioned how Zion should be changing his shoes more often. It was reported the sneakers he was wearing during the game were the same pair he has been wearing all season long for every game. So, Charles said he used to change his sneakers every week, and Shaq said he used to change his sneakers after every game. So, he should be changing his shoes way more often than that. And thinking about it, all that money that Nike's paying Coach K, Zion can't get a new pair of sneakers every week or every other week. Why he's not getting new sneakers? All that money he's making at university, he can't get a new pair of sneakers every game or every week? Come on now. It's ridiculous. Then we got bombarded with the news about Nike stock falling because of Zion busting out of Paul George's signature shoe. It felt so much that Charles even had to speak up on Inside the NBA and give a public service announcement saying how he is with Nike and that their shoes are not to be blamed for what happened to Zion. I was up early doing my research for the show. I'm flipping through channels and of course they still talking about Zion busting out the shoe and I get to the show Get Up. I normally don't watch this. I usually watch First Things First instead. But today I want to check out Get Up for a little bit before First Take came on and see what they were talking about. I think Jalen Rose said this, that Zion just secured himself an extra couple commas on his sneaker deal. And that's when I began to think about what if this was all stage? Zion kept wearing those sneakers, waiting for it to give out on the biggest stage so far this year, all eyes on him so that he could get more money from Nike. Nike can't let him go to another shoe company and they build a sneaker that can contain his explosiveness and athleticism. 
Look what this scandal is already doing to Nike stock. It got Charles Barkley making statements in defense of Nike. Nike gonna have to come up with more money to get Zion and in turn will drive up prices from the other shoe companies. I'm just saying thanks to Jesse, anything is possible. I wouldn't be mad at Zion. It would actually be kind of genius. Everyone worried about him playing, risking his future earnings. No, Zion just secured himself a hefty bag and now he gets to rest and prepare for March Madness and a national championship run. I'll take that any day. After all this went down on Wednesday with Zion, the NBA finally returned. Thursday, Milwaukee and Boston had a great game. It came down to a last-second shot by Kyrie. He missed the shot. I thought he should have passed the ball to Horford for the three like he did earlier in the fourth quarter. And Kyrie should have looked to facilitate more. He took way too many ill-advised shots. But anyway, that's not the real drama. That came in game two on Thursday. The Houston Rockets versus the Los Angeles Lakers. It was a good game. I thought LeBron James was lackluster for damn near three quarters, which is funny considering he just said his playoff intensity has been activated. Negro, please. How corny can this man be? But I'll admit, he showed up down the stretch. He led the Lakers back from down 19. He also got some help from Kuzma and Ingram especially. Reggie Bullock looks like a solid pickup for the team as well. I still personally don't feel like LeBron has been the best player in the league this year. I think KD has been the best player in the league so far this year. And not because of some stupid all-star game MVP, but because LeBron hasn't been at the same level as he has been in years past. Now... He may have activated playoff LeBron, and if he did get the Lakers to the playoffs and they possibly make some noise, I'll consider changing my opinion. But until then, I got to look at players like KD, Harden, Paul George, Giannis, Kawhi. Even though Kawhi, he doesn't play too many games because he takes a lot of rest days, which pisses me off. But those guys are playing right now better than LeBron. I'm not comparing career or legacy just right now and this season. They are playing better than LeBron, and that's the God honest truth. I got into an argument with some kid on Instagram. How can you not admit that Giannis, Paul George, KD have not been playing better than LeBron James? That's how you know you're just sipping that LeBron James Kool-Aid if you really think LeBron James has been one of the best players this year. I don't think you can say that he's been a top five player this year. I can name five players that have been playing better than LeBron this year. Let's be real. Come on, guys. Let's be real. But before I get off on a tangent, back to the Rockets. Lakers game from Thursday. The big story after the game was referee Scott Forster and his alleged animosity towards James Harden, CP3, and the Rockets. James Harden and CP3 feel like Scott Forster has it out for them. James Harden said he is rude and ignorant. CP3 cried. He doesn't know what else to do. He's tried everything, having a meeting with Scott, the league, and the players to resolve it. Could the Rockets be right? Does Scott Forster really have it out for them? Come on, come on now. Yes, players, former and current, have come out and said Scott is a terrible ref, and they even took a poll in 2016, and it concluded he was, in fact, the worst referee, according to the players and coaches, <laughs> which is freaking terrible. That <laughs> You voted the worst by the players and coaches, Scott Foster? What are you doing? Can we be real about why Houston lost that game, though, and gave up a 19-point lead in the fourth quarter? They are the most mentally weak team in the league. Definitely a bunch of contenders, they're the most mentally weak. If they're not getting foul calls, they fold like a cheap tent, and then they start to cry and bellyache instead of finding another way to win the game. If you're not getting the calls, force the hand, attack the basket, and force them to make a call. 
don't settle for jumpers or quit because you feel that ref don't like me. Like I said, I get it. Scott Foster is not like the Ronald Lee. If enough people are saying that he's terrible, there must be some truth to it. The Rockets probably do have a case, but thanks to Jesse, I gotta be a little weary and really look at the situation. So like I said, Houston is soft. And to make it worse, their best players are mentally weak. James Harden came out this week in an interview with Rachel Nichols. By the way, Rachel Nichols is doing her thing with these interviews on her show, The Jump. But back to James Harden, he told Rachel Nichols it's kind of hard to hear and receive criticism from current and former NBA players for how he is playing. My thoughts were, so why are you explaining yourself? The public knows you were doing what you had to do to keep your team afloat. Why do you feel the need to defend doing what needed to be done? He should have said, yes, I hear it and I get where they are coming from. But if we were going to survive while Chris and Clint were out, I had to step up. Do I think we can win playing that style in the playoffs? No. But that was required of me. And now my team is in the playoff hunt. And just leave it at that. You defending yourself and taking offense shows that what others say can affect you and be on your mind. And that can't be if James Harden and the Rockets want to get over the hump. CP3, I'm still waiting to see if he can get it done myself. I don't know about CP3, man. I really don't. I'm getting worried. I don't think he's going to win a title in his career. One person I have no doubt can get it done is Damian Lillard. He sat down with Chris Haynes of Yahoo Sports for an interview and said he isn't selling out for a championship. Tick, talk, gun, shot. Bow, bullet, 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 bullet. Shots fired. This is a mini scandal. I don't really think it's that big of a deal. I'm just kidding around. But. That could be seen as a slight to a player like KD or LeBron. And that is why Dame is my one of my favorite players right now. Because of that quote. And just because he took a slight little shot at those big guys who like to join up forces and make super teams. As LeBron would say, let's call a spade a spade. LeBron ruined the NBA with his super team BS. I know people like to say it was Boston when they got KG and Ray Allen to join up with Paul Pierce. It's not the same thing. They weren't in their prime. D-Wade admitted it when he sat down with Kevin Garnett and had a conversation with him. He said that the whole reason why they joined forces up in Miami was because LeBron, Chris Bosh, and D-Wade felt like they couldn't beat the Celtics, so they had to join forces to get past them. It really caught me on guard hearing Dwayne Wade say that because I thought he was one of those guys who was cuffing the same cloth as Damian Lillard. Silly me for thinking Dwayne Wade was one of those stars who didn't need to join up with another superstar to win a championship. I thought he was one of those people that said, hey, I don't need another superstar. I could do this on my own, and I don't want to join up with one because I want to beat the best players. I don't want to join up with them and make a super team. But no, he's just like them all. I can say it's a little different for Dwayne Wade because he was the guy, at least on his team in Miami, Shaq, he was good, and that was his sidekick, but he wasn't the Shaquille O'Neal, like from the Lakers or with the Miami Orlando Magic. He wasn't the same Shaq. Dwayne Wade gets little extra points since he was able to win a title with Shaq, and he was the main guy in that series against Dallas, and he took over for like the final three games of that series. So Dwayne Wade gets the head nod for that. Dwayne Wade did carry that Heat team, and LeBron James has carried his fair share of teams, but... Do we think that LeBron James would have won the title if he never went to Miami? If he would have just stayed in Cleveland and just built around him? I don't know. 
I I can't say for sure that he would have. I think he would have been, oh, I need to get someone else. He would have been still trying to get other people to join on the team. No one would have went to Cleveland. That's why he had to leave and go to Miami, to be honest. Who really wants to play in Cleveland? I don't feel like if LeBron didn't make those decisions and go to Miami, I don't feel like he would have won a title, to be honest with you guys. I really don't. Because he would have been still searching. And the reason why he went to Miami was because he wanted to end the criticism of, hey, I never won a ring. He didn't want to be like Charles or Patrick Ewing or Tracy McGrady. He wanted to be seen as Michael Jordan, of course. He is the chosen one. So he had to win the ring. So he had to make the right decision for himself and his legacy. So that's what happened. Just like LeBron is to blame for what happened to the dunk contest, LeBron's to blame for what's going on with these super teams too because his decision sparked Kevin Durant's decision to join the Warriors because he thought by winning all these championships, he would be considered better than LeBron. But guess what? Wrong. Wrong. Kevin Durant, wrong. Just because you collect rings on the Golden State Warriors does not make you better than LeBron James. It does not. I'm sorry. It will never make you better than Jordan. It'll probably make you better than LeBron James because you just... LeBron did the same thing. You're just going to win more than he did. You already got the same amount of rings as LeBron, I think. Or he might have two. LeBron only has three. Same amount of rings, honestly, which is shameful. I can honestly talk about this for days, but I don't want to bore you guys. It just comes down to two things. Who do you respect more? Do you respect Patrick Ewing, a person who tried his hardest, or Charles Barkley? Do you respect those guys more than you respect LeBron James and Kevin Durant, people who manufactured their rings, who ran to another team? So they could have an easier time of winning those rings. If they would have been through the same things that Charles, Patrick, and all those other greats that didn't win rings. If they would have went through the same thing as those guys. Do you think that we would still look at them the same way? Do you think LeBron James would still be the chosen one if he didn't run into Miami and win those rings? It looks a little differently. Me, I look at them completely differently because I grew up in a different era. A lot of people grew up in this super team era so they don't see anything wrong with it. Me, I prefer seeing people on separate teams and going at each other and having rivalries, not hugging each other in the center of the court and being all nice to each other. I don't want to see all that. Come on, man. Come on. I want to see some gamesmanship. I want to see some fight. I want to see some grit. That's what I think Damian Little meant when he said he didn't want to sell out for rings. And I respect players like Damian Lillard, Patrick, Charles Barkley, Chase McGrady, Karl Malone, Stockton, Iverson, because they gave it all they got and they didn't look for a shortcut. They always try to go up against the best. And even though they fell short, we still respect them to this day because they always give it their best shot. And they never quit and tried to join Michael Jordan. Or for Damian Lee, he's not trying to join up with LeBron James or make another super team. He's just taking the guys he got and he's always fighting hard. I must say, Portland is in a third or fourth seed and they always in the playoffs. Damian Lee has never missed the playoffs. I respect players like Damian Lillard. And right now, Russell Westbrook, I respect players like that. Giannis, who want to stay on their own team, and they want to do it on their own. They don't feel like they need to go run to the Golden State Warriors or go run to LeBron James to go win a ring. No, I'm great in my own regard. I can win a ring on my own. Not on my own, but, you know, I don't need a superstar to help me win this ring. And I know you can say Paul George is a superstar next to Russell Westbrook. Russell Westbrook didn't run and get Paul George. The manager went and got Paul George. And since they lost Kevin Durant, they owed Russell Westbrook to put another psychic in there. So, I mean, they know Russell Westbrook, he can't win on his own. He could be a great player. He could be like Allen Iverson, get his team to the playoffs. Not to the finals, but he can still do a lot for that team. But he can't lead the team by himself. So, to me, players like that, Russ, Dame Lillard, I don't think they'll ever do anything like Kevin Durant or LeBron James. So, 
That's why I like those guys. But before we move away from Portland, I just want to say I was very critical of Portland and their trade deadline moves, getting Rodney Hood and Ennis Cantor. I thought they should have took the plunge and got Damian Lillard, another superstar to go run with, and Anthony Davis. But I must say, I'm liking what I'm seeing for Ennis Cantor and Rodney Hood, especially Ennis Cantor. He came off the bench his first game. He went 18 points, 10 rebounds, and 20 minutes off the bench. Having him on the team is going to do wonders for them, especially coming off the bench because Portland needs bench. Let's get it real. They need a bench. It's not easy winning the NBA when you don't have a bench, especially Portland. They need some more big guys that can give them guaranteed baskets. That will help Damian Lillard out. But also I heard this week, my man, my favorite player, Chase McGrady, he was expressing a sentiment I have been saying since last summer when Carmelo Anthony was a free agent. Chase McGrady believes Carmelo Anthony should go to the Portland Trailblazers, and I wholeheartedly agree with my man Chase McGrady, wholeheartedly. Because having Melo on the Portland Trailblazers will give him another scorer and someone they can rely on down the stretch. Here, take the ball, post up, and get us a basket. Because, to be honest, CJ and Dame, as great as they are, sometimes they're just not tall enough to go up against these big guys in the Western Conference, especially against Golden State. They could put Klay Thompson or Kevin Durant on them, and they basically neutralize. So you got to have another bigger guy. Uh, if Melo's playing at that high level, as uh, Hoodie Melo or the Melo we saw in New York before he got his injury or before the finals, well, that's like five years ago. I know I'm wishing upon a star, but I still believe in Melo. The way they treated him really pissed me off. He needs to go to Portland. I know Dame and CJ, they were campaigning for Carmelo to join them when he was about to get traded for the New York Knicks. Instead, he went to the Thunder. So, Dame and CJ, call Carmelo Anthony before this buyout deadline's over. Please go get him on your team. I think he'll do wonders if he's in shape. I don't think LA's going to go get him anymore because they don't have enough room on that team. Melo, go to Portland. Melo, go to Portland. Listen to me. I know you probably not listening to me. You got a lot of things to do. You're back with your wife. I hope you're happy. But please go to Portland. Stop playing around, Melo. Stop playing around. And if they do that, I think if they get mellow and his cancer keeps playing well, Rodney Hood could be a solid person off the bench, and Damon CJ do what they need to do, and Yusef Nurchik, your behind needs to show up in the playoffs. They need a dominant center. You can't be having one game where you're getting 30 points and 20 rebounds, and next game you're getting five points and five rebounds. You got to be a consistent big man. You got to give him at least a good. 15 and 10. If you get over that 20 and 10 or 20 and 15, great. Give him some Kevin Love numbers. Come on, Yusef Nurchik. If you can do that, and it's, like I said, it's Kansas coming up the bench, Rodney Hood, Melo, if they do get him, Dame CJ, and you still got Evan Turner, Mo Harkless, you got Seth Curry with the threes, you got a bunch of guys. That kid, Zach Collins, is dope. And then Jacob Lehman. You have a bunch of people on that team. Portland has a little team. Terry Scott is an underrated coach. I'm telling you guys, if they get their stuff together and Melo comes to that team and everyone does what they need to do, Portland can meet Golden State in the conference finals. This has to line up correctly. They don't want to face them in the first two rounds. They might have to face my team, Oklahoma City Thunder. But I'm telling you, they could do a little damage, man, especially if you get another reliable score, another person that could get the ball down the stretch and he can get you a bucket. If Melo's back in the right mindset and he's back on his game, I think Melo could be that guy. Before we move away from basketball, I just got to give a quick shout-out to Paul George. 
That man is cold-blooded. I don't care what anyone says. He is cold-blooded. He had a big game against the Utah Jazz. That was one of the best games of the year. I was very impressed with him on Friday night. He had 40 points. Russ had over 40 points. They both have at least five rebounds and five assists. That is the kind of performance I need to see out of OKC. Love looking at games like that. Paul George needs to be considered as the MVP moving forward. I'm sorry. I know Giannis is up there, but I got to say, Paul George is one of the best. He is the best defender in the league, so he deserves that defensive player of the year. And he's one of the best offensive players. Right now, he's must-watch TV. Whenever Paul George is on TV, he's on TNT, ESPN. You all got to watch NBA TV. Just watch the game. you're lucky enough to have lead pass, just watch the game. Paul George is going to put on a show for you. You guys need to pay attention. He's playing on a different level this year. If Russ and Paul George play like they did in that game against Utah, OKC is going to the finals. OKC is the only team in the league that can guard Golden State 1-5. through 1-5, through five, OKC can guard Golden State. Russ matches up with Steph. Terrence Ferguson or Andre Roberson, if he comes back healthy, they could match up with Klay Thompson. Klay Thompson would be the X factor because the person he's going to be guarding probably is not going to be good offensively. But moving on to Kevin Durant versus Paul George, that's another wash. Then the power forward spot, Draymond Green. Jeremy Grant is more of an offensive threat than Draymond Green, so he's going to have to D up. And then at center, I know they got DeMarcus Cousins, but I'm not afraid of any setup when we got Steven Adams behind there. So I'm, I like the Thunder's chances. Russ just has to keep up with his good decision-making, and PG has to keep playing at this high level. He can't shrink like he did last year in the playoffs against Utah. And that's, that's why this year, all season long, he's been giving Utah the business. I'm telling you, Paul George is the MVP, and OKC is going to make it to the finals and they could beat the Golden State Warriors in seven if Paul George and Russell Westbrook keep playing like this. Westbrook, keep that decision-making up like I just said, and also get that jump shot together. I've been saying it for weeks. Get that jump shot together. Friday night, it looked great. It looked great. You got to keep it up, though. Big win for OKC. Nice way to start off the second half of the year. And now we're going to get into some football. Let's get into the NFL and the scandal that broke Friday morning. New England Patriot owner Robert Kraft arrested and charged with two misdemeanors for allegedly soliciting a prostitute. Scandal! Soliciting a prostitute, man. Damn, Mr. Kraft. A prostitute, allegedly. Damn. Where's my guys? Where's my guys? I need damn. Damn, Mr. Kraft. I'm honestly at a loss of words. I really don't know what to say about this topic. Man, I don't know what to say. But I'll give a little background. Allegedly, this is an eighth-month investigation. Well, it's not allegedly. It is an eighth-month investigation into a human sex trafficking ring or human trafficking ring. And allegedly, my man, Robert Kraft, he was in there getting a little... Happy ending at the massage parlor in Jupiter, Florida. But the Patriots put out a statement saying that he didn't do anything wrong. It was no illegal activity. He was just in there looking for a good time in Jupiter, Florida. 
It could have been somewhere else, like his home. Bringing someone there if you wanted to have a happy ending. Have a happy ending in your own house. Why are you going all the way to Jupiter, Florida to go get a happy ending from some massage parlor? Come on. I was listening to the radio. I don't want to hear this part. I heard these girls were in there for days having like 8 to 9, 10, 15 encounters a day. Ew. Ew. That's nasty. That's nasty. I don't want to have all that. No. They have videotape too of this whole thing. Lord have mercy, Mr. Kraft. Mr. Kraft, Mr. Kraft, Mr. Kraft. What are you doing? Lord have mercy. You got all this money. All this money. Why do you feel the need? Why? Why do these rich people feel the need to go spend their money at a massage parlor when you're rich? Have these niggas come to your house. I'm pretty sure these masseuse that give happy endings, they come to your house. They do house calls, especially when you're rich. I mean, I guess when you was in Florida, you was like, I'm bored. Let's go to this strip ball in Jupiter, Florida. Go to a day spa and go deal with these women. And you pay $59.99. I guess it's a, it's a deal. It's a steal, I guess. I don't know. Allegedly. Allegedly. You pay $59.99. I was listening to reports. These are just things that's in my head. I don't know, man. Oh, Lord. I just don't know. Lord have mercy. I don't blame Mr. Kraft. Mr. Kraft, he lost his wife a couple years back. So he's probably lonely. He's looking for a little female companionship. Who can Billy? Who can blame the man? He's lonely. He's old. He got all this money. He can do whatever he wants, to be honest with you. He can do whatever the hell he wants. And I really want to send my prayers out to these women because they were held there against their will, making to do all this stuff because they thought they were coming here for a better life. And they weren't getting it. That's just, that's that's crazy. I don't know how people could do this little human trafficking stuff. Why now? It's an eighth month investigation. They probably seen this tape a bunch of times and everything. I know they wanted to arrest people when they had all the information, but why now? And why Mr. Kraft first? Because I was listening to reports, Adam Schefter tweeting out, Oh, Mr. Kraft isn't the highest profile name involved in this investigation. Um, if not, why is he the first name? And like I said, I have some conspiracies. Thanks to Justin, I got my conspiracies. Proceeding, these are not serious, these are just jokes. I just gotta make fun of things because of Jesse Smollett. These are all just jokes. But, who could want to see Mr. Kraft and his reputation tarnished like this? Just think about it. Could it be the NFL as a whole, Roger Goodell? Because of how the Patriots just embarrassed the NFL and Roger Goodell with all their cheating ways back in the past and their doing things wrong and always winning all the damn time. I know the NFL owners are jealous of them, especially Jerry Jones. Jerry Jones, you know he's jealous. He's not jealous because he got all the headlines, but he know he wants a ring. The Steelers, they could be a little upset because they were the only team that had six rings. Now the Patriots got six rings too. They catching up to them or they caught up to them. They might be the best franchise in the league. Who knows why this came out now? Who knows? He wasn't even the biggest name, according to Adam Schefter, like I just said. He wasn't the biggest name, but his name was the first and the only one I heard so far, though. The first and only. That's all I got to say. That's all I got to say. Or, possibly, could have been the fact that Robert Kraft was hanging around a lot more black people recently. 
I know you've seen Cardi B, him dancing on stage with Cardi B at a Patriots party. I know you've seen that. And by the way, I didn't get to talk about this before. But all you athletes and all you singers and all you people that were saying, Gladys Knight, you shouldn't be performing. Travis Scott, you shouldn't be performing at the Super Bowl. Why are you doing that? You're supposed to stand with Cap. All you people still watching football, you're supposed to stand with Cap. You're not supposed to be watching football. You're not supposed to be involved with football. Then why the hell was Cardi B performing during a, a Patriots Super Bowl party. I understand it wasn't exactly the NFL, but it's still the Patriots. You're supposed to support Colin. Why are you supporting the NFL? It's NFL festivities, to be honest, because it's a football team. You're still supporting it. You're still bringing light and showing support to that team. So, like I said, Robert Kraft, he's been hanging around a lot more black people recently, especially Meek Mill. Meek Mill's his new best friend. He was helping Meek Mill out with his criminal justice reform. Maybe people were mad at him for that. And they wanted to discredit Meek Mill by sh- discrediting or tarnishing Robert Kraft's legacy and reputation. They wanted to do that. It's all a bunch of different things that's going on here. I got to question everything, you guys. You got to question everything, especially with this Jussie Smollett out there. There's a bunch of other Jussie Smollett's. They were just smarter and had better plans. But we're going to get to Jussie later, like I said. But like, I don't know, man. A lot of things. After Meek Mill gave him that championship chain, people were right mad at him. I don't know. I don't blame Robert Kraft at the end of the day. Things happen. He's rich. This next time, you got to be smarter, man. Just bring him back to your house. Have the massage at your house and stuff like that. Don't go to some place where they have cameras. You know you ain't got no cameras in your house. The only cameras you got is your cameras. And no one else can take that without your permission. And you're pretty sure you're not going to be taping that type of stuff. Man, I can't believe they caught you on tape, Robert Kraft. I really can't believe they caught you on tape. Damn it, Robert. Damn it. Damn it. Damn it. Damn it. Damn it. Where's that damn? Where is it? Where is it? Found it. Damn! I need the Florida damn. That's not the right damn. I need Florida damn, damn, damn. I need that damn. Because it is that bad. Damn, Robert Kraft. I hope this doesn't tarnish his legacy. But I do think one thing that could possibly help him... Bringing in Colin Kaepernick, that could probably help him with this little snafu in his legacy. You bring in Colin Kaepernick, you get more black people on your side. Because you know what I always say, ever since Nike did it with Colin Kaepernick, always bet on black. I guarantee you the Patriots, if they add Colin Kaepernick to that team, first of all, more people are going to start watching football again. Second, more people are going to be fans of the Patriots because Robert Kraft, he did his thing. I know a lot of black people probably be like, who cares about what Robert Kraft did? He's old. Leave the man alone. He wasn't part of the sex trafficking ring. I know me personally, I don't really feel anything towards Robert Kraft. I mean, he's dumb for getting caught and doing it in a strip mall in Jupiter, Florida. But other than that, he's looking for a good time. Leave him alone. But like I said, if you add Colin Kaepernick, though, to the Patriots, it could bring some good publicity to the team. People will not even think about what happened with Robert Kraft. They'll be like, oh, wow. Like, he actually gave Colin Kaepernick a chance. You bet on black, more black people are going to be at Patriots games, more black people are going to be rooting for the Patriots. Come on. It's a smart move. Plus, Colin Kaepernick's lawyer named the Patriots one of the teams that he could possibly join because it was the Carolina Panthers or the Patriots. And now this scandal with the Patriots, it could work two ways. Either because of the scandal, they won't look at Colin Kaepernick because they don't want to add any more bad publicity or they don't want to stir up anything else in the organization or they could bring in Colin Kaepernick and that could quiet down all the noise that's going on with Robert Kraft and it could allow more fans and more money to be made by the Patriots to be honest I'm just thinking of it as a cynical view this is just jokes 
I don't believe that any of this is going to happen. I don't believe, and by the way, I don't believe that the NFL owners or Jerry Jones, any one of them, leaked this information. Like I said, it's all jokes. All jokes just because of Jesse Smollett. If you want to blame somebody, blame Jesse. Some other news happening in the NFL. Antonio Brown and the Steelers owner, Art Rooney II, met and concluded it's time to go separate ways. And Antonio Brown came up with a new nickname for himself. Listen to this video, guys. If your team got guaranteed money, they want to get to know me and work with me, tell them call me. I'm back in the ladder. Call me Mr. Big Chest. Big Chest for now on. Big Chest Brown for now on. Don't even call me AB. Just call me Big Chest. Yeah, Mr. Big Chest. Uh, yeah. Antonio, I understand you're one of the best receivers in the league. And you're dominating. Business is booming. But I'm not going to be able to call another grown man Mr. Big Chess. I can't. I'm not going to be able to do it. I'm sorry. I can't do it. If that means you're not coming to the Jets or if the Jets don't want to call you Mr. Big Chess and you don't want to come, hey, sorry. I understand. Actually, Jets call him Mr. Big Chess. If y'all need to call him Mr. Big Chess. Me, I'm not calling Mr. Big Chess. Jets, call him Mr. Big Chess because you need someone to throw to for Sam Darnold. I understand Robbie Anderson is good. I love Robbie Anderson, but he's not a number one receiver. Quincy Nuwa, same thing. Love him, but he's not a number one receiver. We need a difference maker on the outside. You need to go get Antonio Brown and Le'Veon Bell. That's who I think the Jets need to get. But at the same time, as good as he is, I'm not calling him Mr. Big Chess. I don't care what no one says. I am not going to be able to do it. Never going to happen. Never going to get it. Never going to get it. Never, ever, ever, ever going to be called by Mr. Big Chess by me. I'm sorry. Y'all call him Mr. Big Chess. Jets, call him Mr. Big Chess so he can go get him. I wonder if the other players in the locker room look at Antonio Brown and say this. Mr. Big Chess? Negro, please. I would say that, to be honest with you. If I was in the same locker room as him, I would say, Negro, please. I'm not calling you Mr. Big Chess. Sorry. But according to some articles that was printed last week and also reports, the Steelers only want to trade him to an NFC team. <sighs> so that's good and bad news for my Jets. Good news is he's not going to go to the Patriots. Bad news is he ain't coming to the Jets either. Darn it. We can still get Le'Veon Bell because they're not going to franchise tag him or transition tag him. So we can still get Le'Veon Bell without having to deal with the Steelers, but we're not going to get Antonio Brown because they're only going to turn to an NFC team. And I have a few teams that I think... I think, personally, should be going after this man, Antonio Brown. Number one, the Packers. Me and Andre talked about my brother, Andre. Me and him talked about this last week. Packers would be a good team. I didn't think the Packers have a lot to give up to get them. So that's the reason why I said I don't know about all that. And then also, I don't know. I think Aaron Rodgers is another version of Big Ben. So I don't think Antonio Brown's going to enjoy that time there either, to be honest with you guys. But I think the Packers will be a good choice. If you pair Antonio Brown with Devontae Adams, Aaron Rodgers is going to have a great last final stretch of his career. So I will pay the two together. Another team that I think should be looking at him on the NFC side, the Saints and the Panthers should be looking at him. The Saints, we all know they were boom or bust. Only this person they could throw to was Michael Thomas. And if Michael Thomas was shut down like the Rams did in the NFC Championship game, was it the NFC Championship? Cha- yeah, it was the NFC Championship game. The Rams shut down Michael Thomas because that was the only person they could throw to. They couldn't throw to Ben Watson. He was out. The other one, Taekwon Smith, he was gone. So if you put Antonio Brown on the opposite side of Michael Thomas, and then you still got Alvin Kamara, and you got the running backs, you're going to add more years to Drew Brees' career too. 
And the Panthers. I would love for the Panthers to go get my man Cam Newton, a receiver. Cam Newton disappointed me this year. The first couple weeks, he was doing great. The first like quarter of the year, he did great. Greatness. Great, great, great things. He was helping my fantasy team out, and then he just fell apart because of his shoulder. But also, Cam Newton needs a better number one receiver. Devin Funches is not a number one receiver. DJ Moore looks like a good guy, but I would want DJ Moore to work out with Antonio Brown, but not like learn from his weight because you don't want another Antonio Brown in your hands. But at the same time, Carolina Panthers, they need a true number one receiver. I think Antonio Brown could bring that to them. Him alongside Devin Funches. DJ Moore, Greg Olson, if he comes back. Greg Olson's always getting hurt. I don't know if he's going to be coming back. I don't know how much longer he's going to be there. And you know that's Cam Newton's safety net. So why don't you go get Cam Newton another safety net and Antonio Brown. Only thing is, both the Saints and the Panthers don't have much to give up or offer to the Steelers. So it was my dream teams, but not really my dream. The Saints ain't my dream team, but the Panthers are. I wish he would go to the Panthers. I don't think that's going to happen. My two teams that I feel like he really should go to, I know the San Francisco 49ers, Jerry Rice is really clamoring for him, and he's really going hard to go get, pause, going hard to go get um Antonio Brown. But I think the two teams that really should be trying their hardest to go get Antonio Brown, I know one of them is the AFC team, is the Texans. I think the Texans should give up whatever they need to, to go get Antonio Brown, they have three picks in the first 55 selections in this year's draft, and they also have $75 million in cash space. I know they got to give money to Tyron Matthew, possibly, and also Jadavion Clowney. Me, personally, I'd rather go get Antonio Brown than go give money to Javion Clowney. He wasn't even worth that number one pick when they spent on him. He hasn't done that much. Khalil Mack has been way better than him. Like I said, but I think I said this on the podcast before, imagine if Khalil Mack... And J.J. Watt on the same team. But now instead you just have Jadavion Clowney. All because of that one big hit he had in college when he was with South Carolina. Oh, man. Let's imagine Khalil Mack with J.J. Watt for a second. But anyway, you shouldn't waste your money on him. Go try to get Antonio Brown. If you put Antonio Brown with Deshaun Watson and DeAndre Hopkins. And you have Will Fuller and Kiki Cutie as your third and fourth receiver. That team is dynamic and explosive. That will help them compete with teams like Indianapolis that have high power. Compete with the Patriots. Compete with the Steelers. Compete with um, the Chiefs, the Chargers. That will put the Houston Texans on, on that echelon of teams. Right now, they're not they a tier below all those guys because they don't have a, another weapon to go along with DeAndre Hopkins. If you double-team DeAndre Hopkins, and I understand they had a bunch of injuries last year, but if you double-team DeAndre Hopkins... You really could neutralize your Sean Watson. So get the Sean Watson another weapon. Get him another number one. You have two number one receivers out there on that field. Him and DeAndre Hawkins are probably going to be going back and forth. DeAndre Hawkins doesn't seem like the type of player that Antonio Brown is, that disruptor. He just seemed like he just go out there and ball. So I would love that situation if Antonio Brown ended up on the Texans. My second team that I really think that should be looking at him is the Seattle Seahawks. They're in the NFC. And also have a great quarterback in Russell Wilson. We're going to get to Russell Wilson later because there's some Russell Wilson rumors out there. And I hope it's not true, Russell. It better not be true. But I believe Antonio Brown being paired with Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson, he has never really had a number one receiver. And Doug Baldwin is nice. I know a lot of people like to disrespect Seattle's receivers. I'm not disrespecting them. I think Doug Baldwin is nice. But if we want to be real... Doug Baldwin is not a true number one receiver. If you add Antonio Brown, I think Antonio Brown will make Doug Baldwin better. He'll make all the rest of the receivers on that team better. 
David Moore is on that team, and there's another one. He's a he's a burner. He's I think he's a return guy. He's good. He was on my fantasy team. I liked having him on my team. So Tyler Lockett, he's a receiver for the Seahawks. Those three guys are good. Doug Baldwin, David Moore, and Tyler Lockett. Those three guys are great receivers. You add Antonio Brown to that, a true number receiver, it will give them more opportunities to shine because you're gonna have to double team Antonio Brown. It's gonna leave those guys open for one-on-one coverage. And it will help the running game of the Seattle Seahawks. That play action it will be even better. They need to do whatever they have to do and go get Antonio Brown and bring him to Seattle. With that crowd, the 12th man, it will be a great advantage to them. If you want to keep Russell Wilson, you better go get Antonio Brown. That's all I got to say. Before we get into the Russell Wilson rumors, there's one more thing about the Pittsburgh Steelers. Because their GM did come out this weekend and make some comments. I thought they were just... It will rub me the wrong way. If you ask me, this college will rub me the wrong way. He basically said that Big Ben Roethlisberger, he is the unquestioned leader. But he said he's the unquestioned leader of the 52 other kids. Kids? In the locker room? Whew. It rubs some of the veteran players the wrong way. I would take it the wrong way. And to be honest with you, it kind of proved to be what Antonio Brown said was right. Antonio Brown said he doesn't have an issue with Big Ben Roethlisberger. He just feels like Big Ben has that owner's mentality. He feels like he's above reproach. No one can say anything about him. But Big Ben is quick to point fingers and tell you what you got to do better. But he's never the one that says, hey, I got to do better. I got should have done that better. And I told, I tell you guys this every week. I feel like I say this every week. I hate the Pittsburgh Steelers. I don't like the Pittsburgh Steelers. I want to love him because I like Mike Tomlin. He looks like Omar Epps. I like Mike Tomlin. He's a great coach. He's a black head coach. I want him to succeed. I want him to win again. But I don't know, man. I really don't know. I really don't know. Because I feel like the issue is, is Ben Roethlisberger. Let's put it Let's put it out on Main Street. I think the issue is Ben Roethlisberger. Don't get me wrong. Antonio Brown is no church choir boy. He's not blameless and he's not innocent by no means. I'm not saying that. But Ben Roethlisberger has set some responsibility for what's going on too. He has a lot to do with what is going on with his team. James Harrison also came out and said that Mike Tomlin's has set responsibility for all the drama that's going on in the Steelers locker room. I know I can't really take what James Harrison said verbatim, but he did work there. He has shown since he's left the team that he and Mike Tomlin are not on the best of terms, so you can take that for what you want. I personally believe it is Ben Roethlisberger, and I personally believe that this is going to cost Mike Tomlin his job because if you lose Antonio Brown, you losing Le'Veon Bell, you losing all the key pieces to this team that was supposed to make this team special. And it's going to be a disappointment that in this era when you had the three Bs, the killer Bs, and everyone to call them, you had Big Ben, you had Antonio Brown, you had Juju Smith, you had Le'Veon Bell, you have all these offensive weapons, these like weapons, and you didn't do anything with them. Mike Tomlin, that makes him look bad. And the fact that he can't keep this locker room in control, it makes him look bad even more. And you have Big Ben always criticizing him, and he never gets punished, ever. Big Ben is always criticizing his coaches, his players. He criticizes everybody, but he never, ever, ever, ever gets criticized. He never says responsibility for himself. No other player will get away with calling out their coach, other players. No other player but Big Ben has gotten away with this for so goddamn long. I'm sick of Big Ben. Big Ben is the one that needs to go. I'm not trying to judge up anything he did in the past, but Big Ben has been perfect. He has a bunch of scandals. There's been a few things that's happened to Big Ben in his career, allegedly. But, in my opinion, and a lot of it's been off the field. Antonio Brown, I never heard anything off the field by Antonio Brown until 
recently in the domestic violence thing. I hope everything's alleged domestic violence between him and his um, baby mother. I don't know. It was she dropped the case, so we don't really, we're not gonna hear any much about that anymore. But I really feel like Big Ben is to blame for a lot of this drama going on with the Pittsburgh Steelers, and I wish. Man, I really do hope that Mike Tomlin survives this. I really hope that he turns it around and he's able to keep his job because I fear that if the Steelers don't win this year and they look terrible and they miss the playoffs and they just don't look like the Pittsburgh Steelers, it's over, to be honest. I really do feel like it's over. Over. O-V-E-R. Over for Mike Tomlin. Or over. O-V-A. Over for Mike Tomlin. Damn, man. Another black coach gone. Piss. My conspiracy theory behind Antonio Brown's escape from Pittsburgh in this situation is what if Antonio Brown is purposely acting this way and doing these things to drive down the asking prices from these other teams that could potentially want him? If he was on his best behavior, Pittsburgh would be able to ask for anything they want. And plus, they probably wouldn't want to trade him. I was listening to Han, Humpty, and Canty. And Rothenberg, I think that's the name of the show. It's the one that comes on at 10 a.m. on ESPN Radio. It's a good show. I like it. Chris Canty, he was giving his opinion. He said, Antonio Brown's either incredibly dumb or incredibly smart with the way he's handling the situation. He's leaning towards incredibly smart. I say smart, too, because he's knowing the Steelers' asking price. The team's not going to offer him their best package when they know this man's disgruntled and they know that the Steelers want to get rid of him. They're not going to offer him their best package. Now, if he was on his best behavior, then they'll be able to get whatever they want because they're like, look, he's a model citizen. He's doing everything we ask of him. He's still a good guy. He's not going to be a disruptor. Teams fear that Antonio Brown's going to be disruptive and all this other stuff. They're not going to give up their best package for him. So now... And same thing happening now with Anthony Davis. Teams are not going to give the Pelicans their best offer. Why would they? They know Anthony Davis wants to leave. And Anthony Davis only has one year left on his contract after this summer. Only has one year. So why would a team give up their best package? Yes, you want Anthony Davis, but hey, he's going to be a free agent. I'm not going to give up my whole team. Or I'm not going to give up my best players for Anthony Davis when I could just get him in the offseason, potentially. I'd rather take my chances with that. Let the LA Lakers decide to do with Paul George. It backfired, yes, but you're not going to give up your whole team just for one player. You're not going to give up a whole bunch of assets just for Antonio Brown, a person who's been disruptive and acting like this, wants his nickname to be Mr. Big Chest now. You're not going to give up a whole bunch of stuff or assets to go get a player like that. So I think what he's doing is ingenious. He's basically broadening the scope of teams that will want to go pick him up. They just can't be afraid and be like, oh, he's going to be acting all crazy. Who cares? A lot of teams don't need Antonio Brown. If you're a loser and you're not going to do nothing, obviously don't go pick up Antonio Brown. Arizona Cardinals, don't go pick up Antonio Brown. He's just going to be unhappy and it's going to make no sense. But those contending teams in the NFC, they're going to want him. And the asking price is going to be even lower, like I said, because of how he's acting at the end of the day. That's enough of Antonio Brown and the Steelers. Let's get into this Russell Wilson rumor I was telling you guys about earlier. I know you guys probably already heard this, but on Colin Coward's show, The Herd, last week, he broke some news or broke some rumor that Russell Wilson could be looking to come to the New York City and play for the New York Giants. I was completely shocked. I don't know about you guys, but I was like, what? Russell Wilson wants to come play with Odell Beckham Jr., Saquon Barkley, Sterling Shepard, and Everett Ingram? What? That will be a great team. I'm not going to lie to you. I thought it would be a great team. But then I heard the reason why. I was like, what? That reason? The reason, apparently, according to Colin Coward, is because 
Sierra. She wants to come to New York to help her career out. Now, if she's talking about her modeling career, I'm all for it. Applaud. But is she talking about her singing career? I'm sorry. Negro, please. I'm sorry. I can't do it anymore. Nope. Sorry, Sierra. Stop it. Stop. Stop. Stop, Sierra. Please stop. I, I thought Charlemagne the God told you this before. It's the funniest joke I've heard in my life. He said that Sierra, when she was with Future, it was Future in the past. Like he said, she is the past. No one wants to hear goodies no more. I mean, when you have an oldie day and you want to hear goodies, cool. No one wants to hear I promise no more. I, I thought she promised to not sing anymore. Please, stop singing, Sierra. It's okay. It's okay that you're not you're not in the singing industry anymore. Singing industry is not making that much money anyway. So why do you want to be a part of it? Just keep being a beautiful mom. You're beautiful. Go keep doing your modeling stuff. Keep doing that. Further that career. No one is checking for your Sierra's music. And if I'm being mean and rude, please tell me, name that person who's checking for the Sierra album. Don't worry, I'll wait. If you want to lie to me and tell me that you were checking for that net Sierra hit, you were checking for that. Come on now. Stop lying to me. We don't want to hear from Sierra no more. Just keep being that beautiful model. But the scandal in this, I see the conspiracy theory all over. I think it's a ludicrous theory. People are saying that this whole thing about Russell Wilson coming to the New York Giants is blown way out of proportion. It's not true. But hey, I think it might be true. And this is where the scandal begins. Now, yes, I think it's completely ludicrous that Russell Wilson wants to come to the New York Giants. But, Russell Wilson is part of the New York Yankees. Russell Wilson did play baseball. He said he wants to play baseball. He's attending the New York Yankees spring training. So, is it beyond the realm of possibility that Russell Wilson sees Kyler Murray coming in, everyone clamoring for him, saying he's going to be the next Russell Wilson and all this other stuff, and that's two-sport athlete? Russell Wilson is a two-sport athlete himself, and no one's been clamoring and talking about him like this. What if Russell Wilson wants to go play for the New York Yankees and wants, instead of traveling from Seattle to New York all the goddamn time, why not play in the same city? I saw that Deion Sanders documentary, Deion Sanders 30 for 30, about him playing baseball and football. He played for Atlanta Hawks and the Atlanta Braves. So why can't Russell Wilson be thinking the same exact way? Hey, I'm going to play for the New York Yankees and the New York Giants. He could be a two-sport athlete. And he's on a good baseball team, too. The Yankees are thought to be a dynasty in the making for the next 10 years. So if he's on the New York Yankees winning titles with them and he's on the New York Giants winning titles with them, do you know the type of star power Russell Wilson will have? He's going to be on that Wheaties box forever. I saw him on the Wheaties box yesterday. He was going to be on the Wheaties box forever, ever, because he's going to be a legend. If he wins a title with the Yankees, the evil empire of the Yankees, then he goes and plays football and wins a title there and he's tearing up the field with Saquon and Odell. Are you kidding me? This is the reason why I said the Seattle Seahawks, if you're listening, you better go get him Antonio Brown. Go get that man Antonio Brown so he'll never want to leave this team. If he really wants to leave and this rumor is not just a rumor, it's not some far-fetched thing, I don't think it is. He wants to play baseball. He's going to be a tennis spin training. I think that Russell Wilson is trying to be that next two-sport athlete like Kyle Murray. You can think I'm crazy, but blame Jesse. He's making me think about everything. Everything, I got to look at everything a little bit deeper. 
why would they put this information out now that Russell Wilson wants to um, move to New York, especially when spring training just started? Baseball just started. I saw a baseball game on Sunday night. So I'm telling you guys, I'm telling you, I think Russell Wilson wants to be that two-sport athlete, and he has it with a good team with the Yankees, their dynasty in the making, and I think he can make the Giants instant championship contenders if he goes plays with the New York Giants. Before we move out of the sports world, I just want to give a congratulations to Manny Machado. He got a 10-year, $300 million deal from the San Diego Padres. Give it up for the man. Please give it up for the man. They not trying to pay these baseball players. I got to congratulate that man, Manny Machado, for getting this. I'm going to let it keep rolling. Just until he wants to stop. He deserved this long-ass applause. As long as he had to wait for this, as long as that man had to wait for this, he deserves this long applause, man. Come on, give it up for the man. I just, I'm just really sad, though, because I don't think he's going to win a title or win anything while he's in San Diego. I really don't think he's going to win. I thought San Diego was going to go out to Bryce Harper. That was the first report. I think they still should go out to Bryce Harper. Have Manny Machado and Bryce Harper on that team. You're not paying nobody anyway on that team. That team is one of the youngest teams in the league. They really don't have anyone on the roster. They, I know they have a good farm system, but other than that, they're not really ready to win, and they're probably not going to be ready to win for the next three or four years. He's going to be left in obscurity. This is why I don't like baseball. Why would you want your star players to be left in obscurity in San Diego when no one's going to hear from them again? All that money he's making, no one's going to hear from him again. This sucks. I want to have C. Manny Machado on a good team and actually doing something in the playoffs. He ain't making the playoffs this year. I'm glad he got his money, but sometimes I think winning will help your legacy even more. But for baseball players, I don't think they even care. All their money is guaranteed. They get all these contracts. Who cares if they're not going to win? They winning with a bank account. And baseball players not looked at the same way if they don't win a championship ring. I don't think I've seen a baseball superstar in a while. So, I don't know, man. I really hope he wins. I just hope he wins. San Diego, go get Bryce Harper so they could both play together. And it will help that team out and help them grow. If you have Bryce Harper and Manny Machado on the team, I think they could make some noise. And it will actually bring some attention back to the city of San Diego. So, do something, man. I I just, I just don't like baseball and how they treat any star athletes. Because at the end of the day... I know the Boston Red Sox scout guy, he said something about how these players are replaceable. We don't really need them. This kind of shows that unless Manny Machado is able to really make a difference with this San Diego team, this contract is basically like, see, why are we giving these players $300 million when they're not contributing to wins? Look at Albert Pujols. Albert Pujols is on the team with Mike Trout, Shohei Otani, and all these other niggas, and they haven't won anything. I haven't heard about the Angels in years. Mike Trout is the best player in this league. And nobody recognizes him. This man can go sit down at an Eagles game and nobody will recognize him unless the camera points at him and tells you this is Mike Trout. This is ridiculous. This is why baseball and football, baseball and football need to learn how to market players. They need to hire somebody to learn how to market players. It's sad that the only way you can recognize Mike Trout, his name either being under him when they show him on TV or his name on the back of his jersey. Even then, his name on the back of his jersey, you would think he's some random guy just wearing a Mike Trout jersey. It's shameful. I'm sick of baseball. How you treating these players? Manny Machado, please win. Please. That's all I have to say about sports, the NFL, all that. Baseball, football, basketball, that's it. We're going to get into some topics outside of the sports world.
love that theme song. I don't know if you guys probably don't recognize it. It's from one of my favorite shows growing up. The Wayne's Brothers. Yickety! We are obviously going to get to Jesse Smollett. I've been mentioning him all episode. We're going to talk about him later. But first, I want to talk about Wendy Williams. Last week, I found out some news that Wendy Williams is going to be returning to her show on March 4th. It's a Monday. I'm glad to see her back. I'm going to give a round of applause. Good to hear Wendy's going to be coming back to the show. Very nice to hear. I hope she's doing well. Everything's okay with her Gray's disease. I hope she's all right. But... I must say, Wendy, listen, I know you probably don't even know who I am, but listen up, Wendy, you need to talk about it. I know it's hard. I know you don't want to talk about it. It's none of our business. You don't want to talk about it. I get it. But you can't say that. Me, random Joe Small, Wade Green, I can say I don't want to talk about it because I don't talk about other people's business. I don't talk about things on the field. But you, Wendy, damn. The way you be going at people, and guys, yes, I have watched Wendy Williams. My mom loves Wendy Williams. And to be honest, the hot topics are good. Helps you stay up to date with some of the celebrity gossip. So I like to watch it from time to time. Not going to lie to you. I like to watch it. So me watching it, I know what Wendy be talking about. Wendy likes talking about people's relationships, talking about people cheating, all this other stuff. Talking about baby mamas and baby daddies. She loves talking about all that crap. So when the issue comes to her doorstep and her husband cheating allegedly her husband getting the side chick pregnant allegedly her husband getting the side chick a house allegedly her husband getting the side chick a veteran allegedly her husband beating up on her allegedly the husband's own mother said that he'd be abusing wendy williams allegedly oh man all this stuff happening wendy williams cannot go on that show on monday march 4th and not address anything if she doesn't address anything i'm sorry i'm turning the channel off she's gonna have to go she has to go if she doesn't address these issues that's going on personally she's gonna have to go don't get me wrong if it was someone else i would be like leave her alone she don't be talking about no one else's business leave her be that's her business just leave it alone but i'm telling you i'm not the only one saying this I've been reading articles for weeks. I've been saying this since I first heard this whole drama that she needs to speak up. Charlamagne the God's been saying it. The people on her show has been saying it. People on the show, I've been reading articles. They're like, oh, Wendy Williams is such a hypocrite. She talks about all these people on hot topics. But when she becomes a hot topic, she don't want to talk about it. True. And then they were clamoring, campaigning for Nick Cannon to come take her job. How disrespectful are these people that Wendy Williams work with? How can you go back to work with all these people when they were all in these in the Daily Mail, Page Six, all those news outlets, all that covers all this drama? They were all over it talking about how Wendy needs to go because she's not authentic anymore and she's not standing up for women and that she's not showing that backbone as a woman to let this cheating man go. I didn't say this. This is what the people in the articles were saying. All I'm saying is, Wendy, I like your show. I think you're very entertaining the way you do things. But you got to talk about it. Personally, I don't want to hear you talk about it. I think it's your business. But at the same time, just because your platform and who you are and who you've been all these years, you can't shy away from this. You can't. You just cannot shy away from this. If you do, it's going to make you look bad. And I don't want that for you, Wendy Williams. But moving on to more news outside the sports world. I think I need a round of applause for this news, so I'm going to cue that up. <sighs> that nasty man, that nasty, 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 nasty man, R. Kelly, he has been indicted by a grand jury 
Ooh. Good news, good news, good news. Good news. Only thing that will make this news even better is if all those other people, his tour manager, all those people he used to show those videotapes to, they go to jail too because they were enablers. They all need to go to jail. If you want to hear my rant on R. Kelly, go listen to, I think, episode four. Go, I don't remember what episode it was, but I've ranted about R. Kelly. You go listen to the same thing. All the nasty. They all need to go to jail. R. Kelly being indicted is great news. Great, great news. And he was arrested over the weekend, and he has a, a million-dollar bond. So I don't know if he posted that yet. But at the same time, he got arrested. He's going to go to trial. And there's more videotapes. This nigga's stupid. More videotapes of you doing these crazy acts with these teenage girls, man. Are you insane? The the gall of a man like this to think that he can get away with it. And show the tapes to other people. And then the other people just sit there, watch it, and don't say anything to the police. <sighs> Calm down, Wade. Just calm down. I'm not going to let that get me angry. I'm just happy that this man is going to be going to jail soon. He better not get away again. I want to see him go to a prison. I don't know if you guys like the show Oz. He needs to go to a prison like Oz. And he needs to have a cellmate like out of BC for the rest of his life. I'm sick of R. Kelly and all the stuff he's got away with. I'm really sick of him. That's all I got to say. But moving on to the biggest story of the week. That lying mother effer, Jesse Smollett. Lord have mercy. Where do I begin with Jesse Smollett? His scandal. And the embarrassment he caused to everyone else. Everybody in the black community, in the gay community. Everyone. Everyone should be embarrassed. I'm embarrassed because I'm a black man. And I'm just embarrassed at this nigga. Oh man, this man, this man. He's so stupid. How stupid can you be? A check, Jesse? A check? Are you kidding me? A check? A check. You wrote a check to the niggas that you hired, and then the nigga you hired worked on Empire. <sighs> Lord have mercy, Lord have mercy, Lord have mercy. Negro, please. What drug, I know they said Molly, but what kind of Molly were you doing, allegedly? What, what kind of Molly were you doing? What? That made you think of this stupid plot. This is a stupid plot, man. It's a stupid, stupid, stupid plot. You thought you would hire these two Nigerian black men from your show Empire. You would give them a check. A check. You would give them a check to come and attack you because you weren't making the money you wanted to on Empire. Newsflash, Jesse. You're the third star on this show, Jesse. You're the third star. You don't deserve more money. And if you're going to be coming up with dumbass plots like this, you definitely don't deserve no more money. What in the God's green earth made you think of this stupid plot? What? You hired two Nigerians to come attack you. They put bleach on you. They put a noose around your neck. All this stuff at 2 a.m. in the morning in Chicago. You were going out to get food. At Walgreens, then Subways. Come on. Please stop me when the story gets stupid. This, the whole story is stupid. First off, why are you going out at 2 a.m. in Chicago during a polar vortex to go to Walgreens and get food? Walgreens, my dude. Walgreens. You said you wanted to go to Walgreens to go pick up food. I haven't been to Walgreens in years. But from last time I went... I never thought in my life, hey, I want to go get some food. Let me go to Walgreens. Walgreens, my nigga. Walgreens. And then, because Walgreens was closed, 
you decide to go to Subways? Subways? I'm not walking out in no polar vortex to go get no sandwich from freaking Subways. <sighs> like, I don't like when people try to insult my intelligence. You can make a sandwich at home, Jesse. You got money. I know you got bread, some cheese, some ham. You got something in there. I know you got something in your house. There's no way you don't have a sandwich in your house. Then I was like, you know what? Let me give him better for the doubt. Then I find out this nigga, he goes and gets a salad from Subway's at 2 a.m. in the morning. That's neither here nor there. That's not even the dumbest part of the story. And then I was listening to Trevor Noah. He came up with a great thing too. Who are the black-hating, gay-hating, MAGA-hat-wearing Trump supporters who watch Empire still? Trevor Noah, that is an astute point. That is an astute point. What kind of racist, homophobic person is going to be looking at Empire? Especially now. Now, if it was back when 50 Cent and Empire were going back and forth to say who's the new best black TV show. That was season one, by the way, of Empire. They're now on like season five or season six. So that was like five, six years ago. That Empire was really popping like that. Empire has been popping since season one. People stopped tuning into Empire. Honestly, this whole story sounds like a, a scene out of Empire. Ooh, Jesse's character from Empire, um, Little Lion. I don't know his name. I'm gonna call him Little Lion. That's what he is, a little liar. Little lion ass Jesse, his character, he's trying to get power again of the big record label. So this is the plan he thought of. Oh, let me get attacked by a MAGA hat wearer so I'll get everyone supporting me. I call myself the gay Tupac and everyone will support me and everyone will give me more money and I'll be able to control Empire or the whatever label is on Empire. I don't even know. It's a stupid show. All their little, um, their little plot twists all dumb and crazy. Some stupid outlandish plot just like this whole damn situation that's going on with Justice Smollett all of it is outlandish and stupid how dumb can you be man and I'm not gonna sit here and act like I'm perfect I've done dumb stuff too not gonna lie I've done a lot of dumb shit in my life but come on man you gonna lie I've lied too I'm not gonna lie I've lied before but still you gotta be, think of a better lie I'm not a great liar but I know how to lie better than this nigga Jesse if I'm going to make up a story this this dumb and this outlandish, saying that a MAGA hat wear, a white man attacked me when you use two big black Nigerians as the white men in your story? Come on, man. Come on. Come on. You got to dot your I's and cross your T's if you're going to come up with a lie like this. First thing, you better make sure these niggas don't go to the same damn store to buy their supplies for the attacking. They have footage of these dudes online together buying the stuff, online buying the ski mask, online buying bleach, online buying the rope, online buying the MAGA hat. What is wrong with these people? What? Like, are you that dumb? Are you? Oh my God, I can't, I can't believe this. So they did that. Me personally, I would do this whole thing a little bit different. Me personally, that... I would hire a little kid. You're rich, Jesse. Hire a little kid. Hey, little kid, can you go buy this supplies for me from this store? They're not gonna think anything of a little kid buying those supplies. Come on, man. Think of think outside the box. Why are you gonna have the muggers go buy the supplies and then buy the supplies all from the same store? What in the world were you thinking buying the supplies from the same store? What? 
Go to different stores. Buy the hat from one store. Buy the bleach from a supermarket. Go grocery shopping. Go buy some bleach. Go to Home Depot. Go buy the rope. Go different places so the cops can't pinpoint where the hell you guys were. Come on, man. Don't leave a paper trail by giving them a check, you dumb idiot. What is wrong with you, Jesse? I got to go after Jesse. I know you guys all probably wondering why I kept saying thanks to Jesse. You know why? Because now... Everything now is going to be questioned thanks to Jussie. Someone else, another black guy comes out, says a MAGA hat, where attacked him. We're all going to question it. We're not going to believe him now because of Jussie. If a gay person comes out, says someone attacked them, we're not going to believe him now because of Jussie. This gives Trump, his supporters, Fox News, it gives them that little caveat to say, hey, look, we can't trust all these things that people are saying about MAGA hat wears and how people are being attacked now. Hate crimes are on the rise. And this is true. Hate crimes are on the rise, people. But now, because of people like Jussie Smollett playing around with serious shit like this, we don't know who to take seriously now. And it hurts everyone else. And that is a true issue that I have with Jussie. Other than the fact that I think he's dumb and he did everything the wrong way. If you're going to come up with a plot like this, then you got to dot your eyes and cross your T's. You really do. And it's just embarrassing that we have to go through this. And I know a lot of people were on this way before I even was. I'll give a shout out to the Joe Budden podcast. They were the first ones I heard say this. Because I'll be honest, I didn't take this whole thing seriously at first. I Not at all. Because when I first saw the story pop up, I said, maybe because I'm cynical, I was like, who the hell would attack the gay dude from Empire? I'm just saying. I was just thinking that from, from day one when I saw it. The only thing that maybe changed my mind and actually start taking this story a little bit seriously was... All the people coming out there supporting him and showing this love for this man that went through this horrible tragedy. Now I was like, damn, maybe I'm being heartless by not taking this more seriously. So I was like, you know what? Let me start th taking this more seriously and reading up into it. And every time I did, it was just more unbelievable facts and information. I felt bad I didn't take him seriously. That's just me because I like to look at things differently. I like to look deeper into things. And me looking deeper into it and listening to people like Joe Budden talk about how him walking on stage, reading off note cards instead of telling us actually what happened. Him calling himself the gay Tupac. All that stuff rubbed me the wrong way. And that just made me feel like, you know what? I don't know if I could trust this dude. And look what happened. Look what happened. He just made it tougher on all of us. All the people that came out here and supported your ass and you did all this for money. You couldn't even do this for a good reason. You couldn't even say I did this because, hey, like I wanted to bring and shed light to the fact that there's more hate crimes going on since Trump was in office. You couldn't even do it for that reason. You did this because you wanted more money. How selfish can you be? Damn, man. We need like y'all. I know y'all want to cancel people. Y'all need to start canceling Jussie Smollett, R. Kelly. To start with those two first, please, because I know Charlemagne gave us a donkey of the day. He deserves donkey of the year. Forget all that. And honestly, this is the punishment I think he should have. I don't know if you guys ever looked at Game of Thrones, but I have because Game of Thrones is a shit and it's coming back soon. I'm going to be tuning in. One of the saddest episodes was when Cersei had to do her Walk of Atonement. This nigga Jussie, he needs to do a Walk of Atonement. And it sounds like this. Shame. 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 Go do your walk of atonement, Jesse. Sick of you. I want to talk about one more thing before we head up out of here. I want to say congratulations to Spike Lee. He finally won a goddamn Oscar last night. Congratulations to Spike Lee. He deserves a round of applause. 
Guys, give it up for the man. He finally won an Oscar. He won it for best screenplay. He didn't win it. He won it for best screenplay. He didn't win it for best director or anything like that, which I think he should get one for one of these days if he comes out with another good movie. Inside Man is hands down Spike Lee's best movie. He should have won an award for that. So should have Denzel Washington for best actor. Great ass movie. And Clive Owen for best supporting actor. That movie's dope. I don't know if you guys have ever seen Inside Man, but it's a dope movie. You guys should check it out. Again, congratulations to Spike Lee for winning his award. He got on stage. He held up on Samuel Jackson. Great news. And also the Knicks won. They finally ended their streak. They announced that during the Oscars. I watched the Oscars too. I don't know why I did. But it was a great show. Spike Lee won. That's all I care about. But thank you guys for listening this week. Thank you guys for tuning in this week. I had fun doing my little scandal-filled episode. I love that show. I'm not going to lie to you. I miss Scandal. I miss TGIT with How to Get Away with Murder and Scandal. Both coming on the same night. I missed that. How to Get Away with Murder was good last week, too. Anyway, I'm talking way too much about other stuff. Thank you guys for tuning in. Enjoy your week. I appreciate you. If you guys want to hit me up, talk about any of the topics from this past week. Oh, yeah. I did want to mention, uh, this is some person that we actually do need to talk about is Helen Jack because he got taken down by a scandal, too. I post about it on my IG page at SuperJunior underscore 93. He was the first black borough president in the United States, which is a big deal. Everyone was screaming about it. It was posted everywhere back in the 60s, and people need to talk about that more. He got taken down by a scandal. They said that he took money to do renovations on his apartment, but that was never proven. And we basically never heard about him ever again in politics. And he's an actual major leader. I know he wasn't mayor or governor of New York, but being a borough president during that time was a big deal. No one had a higher position than him at that moment in time, and he did it twice. So I think a lot of people need to talk about him more. Instead of talking about Jesse Smollett, Cardi, if Jesse Smollett ruined your Black History Month, go learn about Helen Jack. He will make your Black History Month feel a little bit better. But again, thank you guys. Enjoy the rest of your week. I had a blast, and if you want to talk about any one of these topics that I discussed today on the show, you guys can hit me up on my IG or Twitter at SuperJunior underscore 93, and don't forget to go to my website. It's available on all my social media platforms. You can subscribe to the podcast, and you can stay up to date with all the new content that comes out. Until next time, you guys. Yes, Lord. It's the shit I want to go out to. Yeah. Yeah, it's the shit I want to go out to. Hey, y'all. <laughs>